Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to another episode of Horse Hour. We're going to try and get hold of someone in a moment called Darren because his image has just gone viral. I mean, it's gone crazy on the internet. He has created a gorgeous tribute to Sir Terry Wogan and literally everybody's loving it. They're retweeting it. Vogue.co.uk have just retweeted it and the internet has gone mental. If you haven't seen the picture, then have a look at our Twitter account. Just hashtag Horse Hour. Um, it is beautiful. It's a heartfelt tribute to Sir Terry Wogan. If you don't know already, sadly, Sir Terry Wogan passed away over the weekend and literally tributes have been pouring in all over the world. And this tribute is one that has gone completely crazy. The internet are loving it. So we're going to try and get hold of Darren and find out what his thoughts were, how he came up with the image, and also just a bit about Darren. Now, normally we do these interviews on Skype, but because Darren's been so crazily busy today, um, I'm going to try and call his mobile. Let's give him a call now. Hello. Hello, is that Darren? Yeah, speaking. Hey, Darren, how are you? It's Amy from Horse Hour. Oh, hi, Amy, how are you doing? Oh, you are a busy man today, aren't you? It's a little bit crazy, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying so. I'm trying to do the day. a silver lining hey <laughs> yeah fingers crossed i mean i've just actually somebody just tweeted me that um vogue have got it on their um website and there's a link and it's all over vogue um i've just seen so this is the this is the art that you created a couple of days ago has just completely gone viral and it's a tribute to it's a tribute to terry wogan yeah the tribute to terry wogan uh, literally woke up like anybody else did sunday morning and saw a tweet uh, saying that Sir Terry Wogan had passed away. And uh, the immediate shock, um, you sort of, it, it takes a little while to register. You hear there's so many celebrities that have passed away this year already. And mm. you kind of, um, you sort of think through your mind and thought, oh, hang on, I didn't realise he was ill, but then he didn't do children in need. And, and then you go, and, and it all kind of fits into place. And my immediate thing was, how, how do I sum up, you know, a lot of celebrities tweet, uh, a perfectly written paragraph. Um, I'm not great with words. Uh, pictures are my thing. So the, the next thing that sprung to mind was Putsy Bear, black armband. And mm. then, no, not a black 
um, I changed the headscarf to black and by, by the time I thought of that I was actually then downstairs drawing it out and five minutes later I tweeted it <laughs> oh wow so it's not like you know weeks of work went into this it's literally the first no, thought no 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 no, no. Um, my experience the longer you spend on something the, the least reaction it has <laughs> you pre-plan it it's always a spontaneous thing that seems to work the best well, it's very raw, doesn't it? It has a lot of feeling to it. I think that's why it's been so popular. Yeah, um, I kind of started drawing it and, and wanted Patsy to be looking down and quite sad and um, mm. respectful, really. That was the thing I was trying to get across, not to <laughs> upset anybody or um, make it look like you, you know, you obviously don't want to upset anybody deliberately. It's not there to tug on the heartstrings. It was more of a... Uh, a birdie tribute to everything that Sir Terry Wogan had done. So, and, um, and your artwork is so famous already. You know, in the horse industry, you're very, very well connected with the racing industry, and you're in the Racing Post a lot. So, this is a yeah. very different turn for you, isn't it? It is, um, in, a, in a sense of um, it's something that I enjoy. I enjoy creating the images um, when I create the images for racing and put them onto Twitter, it's always a, in the back of my mind, how will this picture be perceived? Um, so I always treat it a bit like if you're in a room with people and you're presenting something to them, mm-hmm. uh, when they open the, open the present or see the, flip the, the paper over to, to look at the picture, if you see an immediate smile, it's been accepted. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that you start seeing retweets but is, is rather nice, but just the scale of the Pudsey picture is just off off, off the record, really. It just went nuts. You must be looking at your Twitter feed thinking, oh my gosh, every time I look at it, I've got a thousand, a thousand new retweets. But it is, it is you, you've got it, you hit the nail on the head. It's very respectful. I mean, everybody connects Sir Terry Wogan with children in need. And obviously Pugsy Bear is the symbol of children in need. And he did a lot of great work for them. Oh gosh, how must you be feeling? Really, um, I keep using the word proud, the two words proud and honoured. Mm-hmm. Um, children in Need called me at four o'clock yesterday and said they were, if, if I was in agreement, could they change their social media icon to my Pudsy Bear? Wow. And, and even saying it now, that uh, I can't quite believe that it's had that much impact, even with such large organisations such as the BBC and people like that that have got their own designers and everybody else that could come up with loads of images, loads of different images um, that they want to use mine and that that does give me a, a great sense of satisfaction that you can be recognised in such a way and that it means so much. Mm. Um, there was no PR, it's not, it was no PR stunt intended in, in doing the image, it was pure sentiment for my way of showing respect so the fact that they're using it now and will use it for a short while it's just great it's it's really nice to have it out there and um, something that can't be taken away I'm trying to capture as many little snippets as I can and (laughs) save them as screenshots because you know unfortunately the the fast world of media it will soon be forgotten but um, hopefully it will last a little longer than um, some other stories let's just say Mm, and it's 25 years that you've been creating art for that have accumulated to this now. It's, you, you must be feeling a huge sense of achievement. 
Yeah, and I know, I know that sounds, it's difficult because that sounds like, you know, oh, you want to be excited over something being so liked and, and so popular, but it, it's just, it's kind of got that awful turn where it's over something so sad as well. Yeah, that is, it is really sad and, and, and that's, that is a shame behind it. Um, but then I don't think you find in life there's a lot of things that, um, you know, every cloud has a silver lining mm-hmm. and um, if there has to be somebody that, creates a silver lining um, or, or does something that um, helps people out of those darker times and then to have an image or have something that they can latch on to. I mean, maybe, maybe that has worked in that sort of strange way too. Um, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, people who listen to Terry Wogan doing his radio shows or TV shows, you know, he's such a, a great person to make like. He has such quick wit and humour. Um, I'm sure he's lightened a lot of people's dark days, so um, it's so sad that he's gone, but um, I, I, I do sort of um, feel deep down that if, if people see the image, then whilst it is a sad little bear looking down at the floor, then it raises a, a little smile and just reminds them of uh, Sir Terry Wogan. Mm. Grief is an awful thing. It's very hard to deal with. And you've portrayed an image which actually explains how people are feeling that they might not be able to explain themselves. Mm. I've got to ask you a little bit more about you as well, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Is that okay? I'd just love to know how, how you got into your art. I know that you, you really enjoyed it when you were a youngster. How did you end up going from getting into the equestrian industry? Uh, basically, uh, I was always somebody that whilst I create graphic design for my day job, mm. uh, you're always um, producing artwork for other people. It's always something that they've kind of come to you with and you, you present it to them. And it's, it's always somebody else's. You don't really own it. You, you create it, but you don't own it. You hand it over as, a, as somebody almost as a middle person. Um, and about three years ago, I finished got home from a day job and at the races was on and I would tune in quite regularly on a Friday night. And Luke Harvey and Jason Weaver were having a typical banter on the Getting Show. And I couldn't resist that maybe that, you know, I've got five followers on my Twitter account. I'm going to do a little quick sketch <laughs> and tweet it into the show. Um, within you know, within a minute um, of tweeting it, the, it was on screen and they were chuckling and way of a time laughing over how they've been portrayed mm. and my jaw just dropped I thought hang on a minute this this I never expected to to retweet it let alone show it on screen um and then the following week I did another and another and then they invited me in to draw live I was terrified to draw <laughs> live on live tv that is, that's almost my worst nightmare at that stage for other people to, to see each sketch or each line you're drawing um, but I did it, and my confidence then grew. So Channel 4 asked me to go on and draw live at Cheltenham, and I suddenly found myself going to the races and doing more live work. And then, obviously, last year, um, I did the mural at Cheltenham, which was uh, about uh, 16 foot high by 40 foot wide. Um, oh, my gosh. And racing has brought out the, the inner confidence, if you like, for me, and inspired me to actually not be fearful of creating a picture and putting it out there. And, and Twitter's also given me that too, because not everybody's going to like the image. I never tweet a, an image and assume that it will naturally get hundreds of retweets and this, that and the other. I just quite like 
the fact that if something in racing happens, as a racing fan, foremost, um, I'll try and maybe predict the winner of a big race. It's, it's a little bit different to betting. In fact, if I spend an hour sketching out a picture over the fence and I've got the colours and I've already started work on it, quite often I'll prep up an image um, and then you find out the horse finishes third or last or something like that mm. and fingers crossed there's nothing worse than that but um, <laughs> I, I quite enjoy that um, aspect of racing and it's a challenge to maybe pick out a horse in the morning, sketch it out in the afternoon, wait for the race and then as it crosses the line, hit tweet and then that's when you get a massive reaction. Um, I enjoy that from a, a almost a sporting sense but the, the other side is um, I do love trying to catch the movement of horses. That's why I do a little bit of fine art too. Um, oh, do you? So like the dressage yeah, riders? Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, amazing. Uh, yeah, I've got fine art images on my website and I've had an exhibition and would like to do more. So um, hopefully that will come in the future. I'm just trying to, to build the name and then hopefully turn um, what is a ho- hobby into a day job. Mm. And where did the name Birdie come from? A uh, nickname at school, um, Darren Birdie uh, on the football pitch, it was always Birdie over <laughs> here. And I, I just felt that, especially from Twitter point of view, and um, signing the paintings, that it'd be much better to just have a quite simple, clear. Um, I always quite liked doing the little seagull on top of the eye, um, uh, which you'll see on my signature. So um, that, that's where it stems from. And it was a perfect name for the book, which is something else that was just incredible to do last year and now well this book's going to be world famous isn't it because so many people are, are seeing your images all over the world today because it's gone so viral um you're going to be inundated with orders on your website <laughs> I, I hope so um it would be nice and then, then it would underline the fact that i can actually make go of this and um <clears throat> and you know build some more work around it, 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 it that is the ambition that is the dream um but having a book out there is something that can't be taken away so i am a published artist so it's nice that it's available in bookshops and people who will hopefully off the back of the pubsy image people who are not so much just racing fans can almost think well i might just go down and have a little flick through and and buy that birdie book now just um, on the back of that so fingers crossed it works that way yeah do you do commissioned work as well so can people pay you to to design for them yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Lots of commissions, uh, commissions from trainers and jockeys and people that are outside of racing. Um, the difficulty at the moment I have is planning the work in and everything else around the day job, but I'm hoping to improve on that and actually give some stronger time scales and work out a racing calendar for myself. So I have set time where um, I might, for instance, be doing another birdie mural this year, which um, at another racetrack. Um, Oh, that would be good. Can you give us a a bit of an inside scoop of what it's going to be like? Um, Not yet. I'm still (laughs) waiting for finer details, unfortunately. There's no um, secret squirrel information that I I can't (laughs) let loose, but um, it's more of an advert. If there's any race courses out there listening or people who work at racetracks that want a birdie mural somewhere on their race course, then just get in touch because it's something I like to do more of. Um, There's too many blank walls at racetracks. Yes, they need brightening up a little bit, don't they? Yeah, the grey, you always see the, the sides of the stands, that triangular piece of concrete where the steps go up. And um, I, I'd quite like to get permission to um, decorate a few. My local track's new market, so um, I'll try them first, I think. You're going to be the Banksy of the racing world, aren't you? Are you just drawing on walls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, there you go. <laughs> um, Bursley Banks, 
season, um, I'd quite happily take that tag. I just need to maybe um, sneak around a little bit and, and do a few to um, um, get known. Just um, don't tell anybody. Oh, Birdie, I'm so pleased for you. I mean, it's it's mega, mega achievement. Again, we want to send our condolences to Sir Terry Wogan and his family. And I just think that you, and I, I know that the Horse Hour followers are going to think exactly the same. It's a great tribute to Sir Terry Wogan and it, it's beautiful, really beautiful. How can we follow you on Twitter if we'd like to see your image? My Twitter account is at Darren Birdie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say on the back of this pubsy image, you can Google Birdie and I'm sure that is the first image that will come up. Oh, amazing. Um, it's, yeah, um, it, it's, it is everywhere. Like I say, it's um, uh, just seen it on Vogue um, and, you know, I don't follow the fashion at all, but um, <laughs> they've obviously latched onto it and um, all it's all over social media. So, yeah, anybody who wants to find me can find me via um, searching at Darren Birdie on Twitter. My website is www.darrenbird-art. UK, um, and it's not Google Downbird, and the one where there's a guy with a sort of a happy smile because he's painting horse racing <laughs> pictures. Eighty <laughs> percent of each time, is, is, that'd be me. So um, you can find me there. Oh, amazing, Darren! Thanks so much. I'd love to catch up with you in a few months' time, and you can tell us if you've got that mural and Aunt, how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been really nice talking to you. I really appreciate the time, and I appreciate all the followers that like the horse racing images and the other images too so all the support on Twitter has been amazing and I'm very grateful to have people who enjoy the artwork and also like sharing it with their friends so that's kind of helped me where I've got to today I'd just like to um, build on it and keep getting the, the images out there really Thanks so much Darren you take care Thank you Cheers See you Bye 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 we've got a lovely guest today her name's Shelley and uh, she does good because she saves ponies and we all love a good story of someone that actually takes the time out of their daily life to go and help another animal Shelley how are you I'm good thank you how are you yeah I'm really good thank you for joining us today can you tell me the name then what's the name of your charity we're Bob Moreland Pony Rehabilitation Okay, now I've heard of you before and that's because we interviewed a lady, gosh, quite a few, it was the end of last year called Alex and she was raising money to help you guys. Yes, she was, yeah. Yeah, the Twitter heard. (laughs) Yes, it is. And you actually reached your target, didn't you? Yes, yep, they reached the target for us and for another worthwhile cause as well for Eggsy, so brilliant. And so Eggsy got that money and do we know... Uh, it was split between both of us, so yeah, it was brilliant. Oh, okay, lovely. So the money that you got then, what did you use it for? We used it for hay and straw and haylage, just our regular day-to-day supplies that we always need. So we always know that it's going somewhere good and it's it's being used, it's actually saving ponies. Everything goes straight into the ponies because we're small, um, because we're, we're primarily self-funded as well. So everything that comes in, comes in and goes straight onto supplies, onto veterinary care, um, and yeah, straight into the ponies. <laughs> oh, Shelley, I'd love to know how you got involved in this and how you started it. Purely by accident. Um, <laughs> we've just taken on a yard um, back in, well, t- coming up for two years ago in April. We had no plan to start a charity or start a rescue, um, but we replied to a post on Facebook about two Bodmin ponies that were due for destruction because they'd been seized and they needed a home immediately. So we said, well, we've got some space, we can help. We then got talking to what is now the Commons Council and offered our help and assistance. And instead of one or two ponies, we and we had four descend on us the night they arrived, um, a small family group. 
And from there on in, it became our well, the cause is because you know we, we were just going to do and give a life to two po- you know one or two ponies, mm. and four arrived, and then you start learning about what's going on in, and the situation up there. You you can't help but try and you know help and raise awareness and and do something about it. And this that's how we formed basically more by luck than judgment. <laughs> but they're a complete inspiration. It's just that you know it's just, they're just incredible. So how many how many horses and ponies do you have now? We've currently got in two foals who were orphaned last year. Um, they were two of three. One's been rehomed. We have Phoenix, who was one of our originals and rebel. We have Sky. We have our new arrival this last week, Bowie. What happened to Bowie? How come how come you've had to take him on? It turns out he is a she. Oh. <laughs> Reforms. We were taking the two-year-old colt, and once we actually managed to get close to her, we actually realised that it wasn't a colt; it was a lady <laughs> who was quite possibly in foal. Um, again, we're not entirely sure at the moment. Um, she's very, very poorly, very emaciated. Yeah, so she came in on Tuesday as an emergency. We were at capacity, but I, I you know, you can't turn away. If you can make room, we made room, and she's now here with us. Mm. Um. I'm trying to think who else we've got. <laughs> You've got quite a few though, haven't you? Got my own my own elderly pony and we've also got a rescue from who is a fly grazed pony um from Bedfordshire. Um mm-hmm. he came to us as a companion for Rebel in October, I think it was now. Um he was he was seized by the police back up country. He's only a yearling himself, um so he was he was abandoned as a foal on a busy busy dual carriageway from what we've been informed from the person that took him on from the police um so he's with us as well (laughs) why would anyone do that i never understand why or how anybody could be so abusive to an animal and a baby as well a yearling yeah yeah he was he was a tethered fly grazed pony and to to just to just abandon a foal we think he's about a year old now so he he would have been he was abandoned and seized in may so he would have been very very young um, mm. when he was left. So you can then build him up, make him healthy again, give him his strength back. And then what will you do? Will you train him and sell him on? or Don't sell any ponies on at all because they're government seizures. We do not make profit out of any of the ponies. The ponies will either be given sanctuary or they will be, once they're handled and healthy, we try and find suitable homes for them. And that's what we do. And so how, how do you find those homes? Find the homes via Facebook, via Twitter, um, we advertise that way and suitable sort of people are paired with, with suitable ponies as and when. Mm. The ponies can be with us for long periods of time because they're so ill when they come in and and they are feral. They, they are completely wild. Um, so some are easier to build trust with than others. Mm. Um, I mean, that's become two we currently have who have been with us sort of like almost two years now since we first started, um, who, who are getting to that point, but who still aren't entirely handled. Whereas others we've had in, have you've been able to break through with immediately. Mm. Uh, so it becomes easier and, and faster to then have them to a position where they can then be rehomed. Yeah. And now this is your full time job. Well, well, technically, I, I did this around around my full time work um, until I lost my job in November. So since then, I've, I've been here full time. Yes, but I've always done this around working um, my own regular job. Oh, and what was that doing? Hairdressing. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally different. So you go from making people absolutely beautiful and stunning to being in a field full of mud. <laughs> 
they're on half so <laughs> oh bless you so so literally then Shelley this was just because you were very passionate about looking after horses there's no financial gain of it it's you saw them you realized that they needed help and you knew that you could you could do something to help them well I commend you for that <laughs> well no because we we all do see the horses on the side of the road and think uh, even from a youngster it always affected me the ones that were tied up the ones that were beaten and um and I wanted to be able to do something however we never go that extra step to actually do something and yep. you have but that means that you're funding this completely by yourself yep we have been and like I say um we, we do get an awful lot of support from our followers um but the majority of what has kept this running and that pays for the roof over their heads is from our own family and our own work, yeah. Has there ever been a time when you've thought, oh my gosh, I don't think I can carry on? Oh, there have been many times, um, you know, through financial reasons, um, through the hard work, through the heartbreak, you know, many, many times when you question what, you, what you're doing and whether you're capable of carrying on, you know, doing it. But mm. I, 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 would, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give up. Um, there aren't many people out there helping our local ponies at the moment and you know I couldn't give up on them and to be able to raise awareness for their plight around the rest of the country we've we've got followers abroad it's you know I feel like I'm doing something and even if we can't take in as many as we would like at least I'm raising awareness for their for their plight. Mm. So how can we help then if we would like to you know give you guys some money and donate how do we do that? We have a GoFundMe page Mm -hmm. and we have a PayPal account and um, we also, um, our feed merchant also takes in telephone orders as well for supplies for feed, for hay, for straw. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it goes directly into the ponies. Oh, that's great. Uh, at least people who are further away or who would rather you know, actually pay for items can, you know, can do that. Yeah. Do you have to rent the fields as well or do you have your own land? Yeah, we, we rent as well. So it's another, you know, obviously another burden. Gosh, yeah, because we know how expensive it is just for one horse, let alone if you've got... I mean, it's, it's we're very fortunate down where we are. It's a much more reasonable <laughs> down <laughs> the country than it is elsewhere, as I found out when we moved here. But yeah, but it's, it's all an extra, you know, an extra burden on top of everything else that you have to find. But you do it because they're worth it. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I love these ponies. I, I love where we are and I, I love where we live and I like to be able to help them. And so have you got a really good relationship now with the police and the RSPCA? Do they phone you for advice? We actually work through the Commons Council. We don't go out onto the moor ourselves. I mean, I do go out and keep an eye out in certain areas where there are problems. We actually work through the Commons Council, which has literally just been formed and will come into effect properly in April. Mm. Um, they are out there with Animal Health and Plant and um, with DEFRA um, and the various other organisations daily finding the ponies, keeping an eye on the ponies. When they become a welfare issue, that's when they will be given seizure orders and they will be removed from the moor. And that's when they come to the likes of us or other causes or other individuals who take in for them. So it, the, the Bobman and Moreland ponies then, are they very much like the New Forest pony? Because I live in the New Forest where they're all owned by commoners. They are owned by commoners. Every pony on Bobman Moor technically should be owned by various commoners and farmers, yes. Um, sadly, I must say the majority of commoners do manage their herds. There are sadly a few areas that aren't managed. Mm. So it, it's very much like that situation. The, the ponies on Bodmin aren't a native breed. They're a mixture of various different breeds. 
and they come from everything from Shetland size up to Cobb size. Um, there's even the odd hunter type out there from where different lines have obviously been brought in by the farmers over time to make more desirable riding ponies, working ponies. Um, so they come in all shapes and sizes um, as opposed to actually being a native breed like the Dartmoor would be. They're a hill pony, basically. Um, and do you stay in touch with them then? So when they've when you've you know, rehabilitated them and they've gone to a new home, you stay in touch? They, yeah, they are rehomed on uh, what we would hope to be a forever loan contract. Um, they, are, they are never given up completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then, it then means that we can check on them regularly. We do have the right to take them back if we feel they're being mistreated or not looked after correctly. We know that they will never end up in the situation that they came from in the first place. But we have a very good relationship with everyone who's taken the ponies in. We, we go and we visit regularly whenever we like. And, and we stay in touch through Facebook and social media as well. So- Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, it's, you know... It, it's, it's a very because we're so small it's it's a very personal thing when we rehome yeah. um we know that the homes are right for the pony and like i said we te- we try and keep the best possible relationship we can with anyone that takes them in as you know we, we become friends really so it, it's wonderful oh it's it really nice is. it's like it's yeah. like growing it's like growing the community isn't it and you're all getting a little bit closer and, and ultimately you've all got the same same idea which is yeah. that you want the best for those ponies yeah and it, it you know it also means life does happen and people's situations change mm. it does mean that you know if, if life does change for the families that the ponies go to they will always have a home with us um, so they will then come back to us and we will then endeavour to find somewhere else for them or, as I say, give them sanctuary. And it's peace of mind for you as well, because you then know that the horse that you've rescued is always forever going to be safe. Yeah, yeah, this, this is it. Have there been any circumstances where you've, you haven't been able to help a horse and you've done everything that you can? But 
Yes, uh, we had one. We took we took in last year. Um, we still had Sky here. We had Sky and Ruby. Ruby was seized with Sky in April of last year. Um, she sadly lost her fight after about nine days of being with us. Mm. Uh, she, she was she was in poor condition, but she wasn't as poor as some. But she seemed to be an older pony. Um, and sadly, you don't know how long they've been there, how long they've been suffering for and what's going on internally. And it seemed that once she got here, she knew she was safe. She relaxed and she went, sadly. It was a huge shock to us. Mm. Um, she left Skye, who was, who was a year old, but was still feeding from her, who was, who was very traumatised by it because she, she was very nervous of us. Um, mm. it's, it's heartbreaking. But, you know, we rest in the fact that we know the last nine days of her life, she was happy, she was fed, she knew she was loved and cared for. We did everything we could for her, but sadly, she just wasn't strong enough. Um, and this is the case. Some of them aren't strong enough. Um, we still feel, I mean, with the, the mare that we took in last week, she is, she is very, very poorly. We're not entirely sure how old she is. Um, and she, she's she's been quite weak, and she, she's very very skinny. Um, again, you you worry that I think through the first couple of weeks primarily that is is the danger time. Um, it is almost they've been fighting, 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 and as soon as they that's when things can happen. Uh, but she's doing well. She's you know she seems to be a fighter, so we hope that she'll continue and um, we'll be able to get her back to the way she should be. It must be hard for you, Shelley, to not get emotionally attached to every horse. Yeah, very very <laughs> difficult. We're, again, I think because we're working in such small confines here, we're, we're not a large rescue. It is you you know I'm here doing it pretty much single handedly, bar the help of you know friends here and there or my you know family members. Um, you do build relationships and bonds with them. Um, I think if you had more ponies and more people, it would be easier to detach yourself. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a very emotional person. I love my animals so much. And our, all of our animals are part, members of our family, um, be it the rescues here or dogs at home. And you, you do become attached, but you also have to know what's right for the pony. And to be able to move the pony into a home where it's going to get the one-to-one attention and the love and the kindness that it needs. Mm. Um, it also then means that we free up a space for another one that needs help. It's endless, uh, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's heartbreaking when they go. <laughs> but you have to think what's right for the pony in the long term. And to, to be in a home where it's getting the one-to-one attention and the love that it needs is the most important thing. Mm. So, yes... So, but it's difficult. <laughs> there must be a lot of a lot of tears in your house at times. A lot of tears in my house. <laughs> Bless you. Happy tears. Oh. So, how can we help then? What can we do? I don't. It really is, like I said, just rate more than anything. It's raising awareness for the crisis that's going on in the UK at the moment. Full stop. It's it's horrendous here at the moment. Be it with fly grazed dump ponies, with the ponies on the moor, and just abandoned horses in general. It's, it's, it's building awareness of what is going on. It's thinking about rehoming a pony as opposed to going out and buying a pony. Mm. There are fantastic ponies in rescue that deserve a second chance. And with the summer months coming up, you know, there's a lot of people that are having um, more get-togethers. They're having barbecues at the yard. 
they're going out to competitions you know yeah. there's all there's so many opportunities just to raise a little bit of extra money even if it's a hundred pounds here or a hundred pounds there it's every single bit is worthwhile every three pounds is a bale of hay um you know a bale of straw i mean that's the way i don't think in monetary terms anymore everything that comes in is a bale of this a sack of that mm. so i'm sorry it can't be any more because we're so small the smallest amount helps we've had such amazing support from from our followers we've made such amazing friends through this and it is it's, it's, the, it's the smallest things that can help because i'm here constantly it's very difficult to get out doing fundraising be it by car boot sales selling items that were donated things like that it is difficult when you're as well when i've been working pretty much full time as well as running the yard mm. else everything anything can help us the smallest amount the small you know a sack of feed a bag of carrots it everything helps it really does What's your Just Giving page? How can we donate? Our PayPal address is bmpr at outlook.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I can remember that one. <laughs> if you put the link to the Just Giving GoFundMe page on Twitter, then Horse Hour will retweet that. So anybody that would like to donate, they can, they can give it as little or as much as they want. Um, they can post you carrots if they want. They can post you wormers. They can post you rugs. The amount of rugs that I see on eBay and I see on Facebook yeah. that people are selling that are just, you know, a load of rubbish. They're selling them for like four pounds. You know, yeah. they might as well just give them to you. You need them. It's things like that. You know, I mean, it is, you know, we have a correspondence address, which I can give to people if they if they request it to send any items to. And they can follow you on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Twitter, our Twitter handle is at BMPR1. As that's B, B for Bodmin, M for Moreland, PR1. And we have a Facebook page by the same name, Bodmin Moreland Pony Rehabilitation. Um, we put regular daily updates generally on there of what's going on. We're, we're trying to build our web page at the moment very unsuccessfully. As I, again, I'm doing that myself. Oh, it's a minefield. <laughs> but I'm getting there. <laughs> well, there are other services that people can offer. You know, if they, they're horsey and they know about websites, they can help you build the website. They can help you with your Twitter. They can help you with your social media. Yeah, anything like that. You know, we're always looking for IT people and <laughs> accountants. Accountants would be good. Um, you know, anyone that's perhaps even, I mean, you know, got any extra land around here that's looking to rent. I mean, we will be having to look at taking on some additional land, I think, this year um, in order to continue helping. Shelley, it's amazing what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Because if it wasn't for you, you know, like I said before, you're, you're the person that has gone out and actually you're doing something to help these horses. So we need to be helping you as much as we can. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us about it well good luck maybe can we catch up maybe in six months if you've got your new land yeah. and you can tell us how you've expanded and and what you're up to yeah we hope hope this year that we'll be able to qualify for registered status as well so you never know by then we might be official <laughs> oh, amazing thanks so much Shelley. great thank you see you bye, bye. On to my next guest. I'd like to introduce Jessica. She's from Kilburn Parks Cottages because you guys tweet us all the time. It's amazing. But it's not actually you, Jessica, is it? It's your mum's friend, Sarah, that looks after yeah. the Twitter account. No, I'm not actually. I don't even have a Twitter account. I'm not I'm not guilty of that one, I'm afraid. No. Well, Sarah um, is amazing at promoting Kilburn Parks Cottages. <laughs> it's great. So it's, it's a family company, isn't it? It's your mum and dad that have the, the cottage. Can you tell me a bit about it? Um, yeah, well, we've been based up in Thirsk um, for about eight years now. 
um, the holiday cottage had been going for that long as well. And um, mums ran a livery yard alongside that, doing hunter liveries, DIY liveries, you know, all kinds. We take horses to break and re-school. And so we just thought it'd be a good opportunity to um, put both ventures together so people can bring their horse with them on holiday. Um, we live on a bridle way and we can have miles and miles of off-road hacking and people go up to the white horse. So we thought it would be good... Um, to try and bring the two aspects together. I think it's a brilliant idea and that's the other reason that I really wanted to introduce you to everyone because right now it's freezing cold. We're miserable, yeah. we're wet, we're freezing, the horses are covered in mud, we can't get enough rugs on them because they're so cold. So we're already starting to think about maybe going on holiday yeah. and I, I guess you're horsey as well? Have you got horse, your own horses? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. there's nothing worse, is there? I, I, I love going on holiday but I hate leaving Blackjack. I really don't don't want to do it I'd rather find a holiday in the UK that I can take him with me and um and that's why I wanted to speak to you because it's something that Sarah said you you guys are thinking of branching out into yeah so at the moment you've got the holiday cottages so yeah. people if you, you know if you're interested in just having a weekend away um they're quite they're cute very cute quirky cottages yeah. um but now we can take our horses with us yes yeah um well, we have two cottages. One um, was sleeps, well, four or five, and then the other cottage is just a one-bedroomed cottage for couples. Um, and we have we have stables alongside that. We'll have about 20 stables in an American barn with a big arena. Oh, amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of ideal for people to bring the horses to go on holiday, basically. That's the idea, anyway. So you, the family then are used to looking after other people's horses as well because you do it full time at a livery. Yeah, well, Mum's been doing it well for longer than I've been alive, anyway. So yeah, she's had all types of horses through. I um, I ride as an amateur jockey, so we have pointers here, we have hunters here, we have show jumpers, people that just you know sort of endurance riding that kind of thing. We have all types of horses here, so we used. <laughs> what to... about people like me that don't have a clue what they're doing? <laughs> I need someone like you that could babysit me and take me on a little hack down the road like <laughs> um but no that's that's what's so great about where we are because you can go for miles and not be on a busy road or anything like that so you know you can be relaxed and it's not well it's as safe as it can be anyway <laughs> yeah you don't have the fast cars but you might have yeah any, have you got any wild horses there um, a few, but the idea is to tame them. But no, it's they're quite, you know, they're all, well, I think the youngest we have on the island is three, but they're all sort of older and sensible and in their own routine now, so we don't really have any, many problems at the minute. Yes, it's <laughs> difficult. With it being a livery yard, you can't guarantee what the horses are going to be like. I know that, uh, you know, when they arrive, I do know that some livery yards I've been to, the owners have said, oh, the, the, the woman said our horse is an angel, and it keeps chewing the rugs of all the other horses, and it's the complaints that you guys have to deal with. It must drive you mental. It, it, well, it, yeah, well... It, to be fair, at the minute we've got we've got a good bunch, and we try and obviously mares and geldings are separate. We are lucky at the moment we don't have that many mares. Um, and then if there is one that's either you know like you say ripping rugs or causing a nuisance, we have little paddocks, you know, so they can be separated, mm. so they don't have to have to go out in a big herd. But you'll find the majority of them will just fit in, and they all find a level within the pack, and and they're quite happy. Really, we don't seem to have many major issues anyway 
Oh, that's good. And and it's nice. As soon as you get, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, as soon as it's all about the people, that's what makes the atmosphere. And when you get a nice bunch of people together, it makes it so much more enjoyable to go and see your horse. It's not, you don't feel stressed or pressured. It, it's supposed to yeah. be an escape. Yes. So, yeah. So when, if, if, for example, I was to come on a, because I have thought about, I've thought about going on riding holidays a lot. Um, but as people that know me, know me quite well, uh, I, I'm not confident in any way at all, Jessica, with anything. <laughs> so that would be like a major big thing to be boxing Blackjack yeah. up to come to you. But it's something that I really want to do. So yeah. take me through the process then. I'd, I'd drive up to you and then would he have his own little field? Um, does it take the horses long to settle in or do you pop them in with some already like liveries that you've already got there um no I'd, I'd say if you were coming for i mean obviously if you were coming by yourself or you were coming with a friend i'd I, we'd probably put those one or two horses in a paddock by themselves because mm. you find that if you're just bringing a horse for a few days you don't want to upset the level of things to take them back out again um so they they would probably have i mean it depends what type of year it is if it's like now or like it has been in torrential rain and all the rest of it they'll probably just be in a stable um because you don't want them turning out and galloping and making a mess of everywhere with the wet ground. But in the summer, they'd probably have a paddock either through the day or through the night, you know, either way. And obviously a stable, so they can pick basically where, where you keep your horse. You can have them in or out, weather permitting. Oh, that's good. Have you got a lot of flooding at the moment? Um, it's not. To be fair, we have been lucky, but we do have a beck that runs through the farm. Um, and that was... Sort of just after Christmas, that was up and it was very wet. Um, and it's taken a bit for the land to thaw because, I mean, there's just been no sunshine or wind, has it? It's been so mm. damp and horrible. Um, but at the minute, the horses have started going out the beginning of this week and they've started going out again. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not going to get too wet and horrible again and it can stay that way till summer. Oh, that would um, be lovely because some people mm. have have seriously suffered with the flooding, and I yeah, and I well, feel people me. people around us, like in York and and places like that, it, it has been serious. You know, people have had to be evacuated and things. But no, we have been lucky; we're a lot better off than most people. The the panic is though. What do you do at a it's crisis point? You've got nowhere to put the horses. Everybody's yeah. flooded. Has anyone phoned you and asked you for help? Um, not not. Not really, no, because we're sort of where we are is on a bit of higher ground, so we're we're all right. Um, but I have had friends that the horses have been fine. Um, his parents run a riding school, but they were sort of they couldn't get out of the farm for a couple of days. Mm. But luckily, she, he said a row of their boxes were flooded, but luckily they had enough turnout and and they just had to make do basically because they couldn't even get wagons or cars in and out, you know, to get the horses. So they just had to. But hopefully that's behind us hopefully there's no more well rain to that extent anyway. yeah fingers crossed it's getting yeah. a bit more it seems we're getting feeling a bit milder today seems to be yeah bit better. well well to be fair we're quite cold i think he didn't get above one or two degrees with us today but it was dry so as long as it's dry <laughs> i don't care what it does oh bless you so th- it's really exciting then where you're going jackie's had the business for a long time and, yeah. and i did i did phone her i was hoping to speak to her but she said no i've got no idea about skype i only know about horses so i I'm going to put you on the phone to my daughter Jessica. She can sort it all out because I don't know what. I'm yeah, doing. well, that, that's that's her answer to most things. Yeah, <laughs> she's gone off now lambing sheep, so you're not going to get her. I've heard her just disappear. Oh, so you've got <laughs> sheep as well as horses? Yes, and um, not. We only have about. Um, I think we've got 48 ewes now, um, but they're just a nightmare. They either want to get out or they want to die. It's just. Oh no! Just <laughs> Do you have to hand feed them? Yes. Well, at the minute. 
we've got a couple of pet lambs because either the mothers haven't been um, making enough milk or the mothers have died or the mothers have rejected them or, you know, some trauma. So we've got a few pet lambs to feed. And to be fair, they are very cute, but they're not very cute for very long. They soon get big and get out and get (laughs) mischievous. Um, So, yeah, we are busy with that at the minute, lambing, so that's a bit. But hopefully it's... Well, I think we're about halfway through now, so, you know... Hopefully it's not for too much longer. It must be nice for you growing up on a farm. Oh, it, no, it's great. It's a great way to live. Great upbringing, definitely. Yeah. Do you want to, would you like to take over the business eventually? Or have you got um, Yeah, route? I think so. Well, I can definitely, I can't really, I'm doing, studying for a business degree at the minute. Hmm. Um, hopefully I graduate in June, but I can't see myself working outside of, well, I'm thinking probably the racehorse industry and I'd always like to sort of live on a farm and, stay connected yeah oh my gosh have have you seen the movie dark horse no i've not (gasps) seen it's incredible it's about a welsh family from the welsh valleys i I kind of feel a bit connected because i've got a bit of welsh in me from the welsh valleys (laughs) and um and she decided one day that she was going to breed a racehorse right and she'd bred dogs her dad had bred dogs before so she said well it can't be that different breeding dogs breeding horses we all yeah. know it's it is different yeah exactly <laughs> different yeah you need to know the bloodlines but she said well bloodlines don't really matter so she literally found in the paper um a little brood mare for sale i'll have him he was a thousand pounds he negotiated him down yeah. And then uh, then decided that she needed a stallion. And I won't yeah. tell you what happens because the movie is so, it's just amazing. But it's a and true, is it based on a true story? It is a true story. And it oh, has gosh. interviews with the actual people in the film. So it's, oh, right. it's more like a documentary rather yeah. than a movie. Yeah. Um, and it's real footage. And it tells you this story and this lady's journey of how she wants to breed this racehorse and yeah. and make it become a racehorse. Fascinating. I don't want to tell you what happens because it's amazing. But guarantee, if that's the industry you want to go into, it's just phenomenal. Well, it is. It's, it is brilliant. I mean, it's heartbreaking at the same time. But it is, you know, if you get it right, there's nothing better. But you get it more, more, wrong more times than you get it right. Anyway, well, I seem to do. <laughs> Why? What's, what's heartbreaking? What happened? Well, no, it's just it's just a, a hard industry. <clears throat> you know, you have to work very hard. I mean, it's like horses full stop, basically. Mm. You know, you work very hard and you train them and you think this and then you, you think, oh, you know, brilliant, they're going right, everything's right, and then they completely disappoint you. And then on the other hand, you can think, I've got no chance here, this, 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 and they can go and win, you know, so it just... It is, it's a hard industry, but it is. I couldn't be without it anyway. It's very, oh. it is brilliant. What level are you on at the moment? So where have you raced? Um, well, at the moment I am, well, I'm studying as well, obviously. But at the moment I I do a lot of hunting. I'm really into my hunting. And I ride as an amateur jockey. So I ride in point to points and things like that. Mm. Um, through the That's summer. That's so I'll... exciting. I mean, there aren't that many female jockeys. No, well, I mean, there are quite a few at point to point. There's not many professional ones, no. Um, Can you not go and get your, your jockey licence? Well, I could. Well, no, there's nothing stopping me, but it's just sort of being good enough, basically. Well, <laughs> it's I, very, you know, it's very, very competitive. A friend of mine was on, on the podcast a few weeks ago, Stephen King, and he's a professional jockey. Right. And he just decided one day he wanted to be a jockey. He'd never ridden before. So he went up north, went and um, got his license. And then before you knew it, he was racing. Yeah. And that was it. So I think for someone that's got experience like you have, you'd probably make it quite quickly. 
I mean, it's very hard. I mean, I've I ride out in racing yards, and I'm sort of connected to that, and have ridden sort of under rules as an amateur. But there is a big difference for someone paying you a lot of money to ride their horse as Mm. sort of being an amateur, and it's it's a big step up. It's a big step up. Do you think that gives you? um, It adds on a little bit of pressure as well. Definitely, I think. because you enjoy, because you enjoy what you do. You can tell, I can see it yeah. in your face, I can hear it in your voice. You really enjoy what you're doing. And and I often thought about maybe getting into the horse riding industry because I love yeah. horses, but yeah. I didn't want it to become a drain where I was being paid to do something and then it, it doesn't become fun anymore. Um, you've got You've got to be in love with it. You've got to seriously be in love with it because like now you're in the middle of winter, the weather is horrific you're freezing cold you're wet through you know and then you can go and then you actually turn up at the point to point of the races and the horse doesn't run well anyway and you're thinking I've spent all those months freezing cold and wet through (laughs) training this horse and it goes and runs like a scabby donkey you know (laughs) but you have to be completely obsessed with it because it's it's hard and it's a drag and it is hard work so you have to have that sort of obsession with it to want to carry on because mm. don't get me wrong when it goes right you're untouchable it's the best feeling in the world when you ride a winner and all the rest of it but when you don't at the same time it's you know it's heartbreaking as well at the same time so you have to be completely obsessed to carry on I think anyway that's my opinion so is your plan then to help with the training of the horses at Kilburn Parks Cottages um yeah well I have a couple of um racehorses in training at the minute I have a pointer and a horse that's well, hopefully, space run on the flat, um, and I'd always love to be in, stay in touch with that. Um, I am aware that hopefully, if I graduate in June, I might need to get a proper job. <laughs> no, well, we never have to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, because for all it is you know, it's very hard to make good money out of horses, as I'm sure you know. So, I mean, we'll see. It's a case of watch your space. And so, I've applied for a couple of graduate schemes in the in the horse racing industry and have to see if I get onto them or I don't know basically at the minute it's a big question really I'm not it's, sure what it's I'm quite doing. exciting for your mum to be branching out into into other things and I think the riding holidays is a great idea because that I, yeah I, I, I only know of a few places that do it I, I don't know mm-hmm. that many places where you can actually go and stay and it's in a beautiful setting and you get your own little cottage and you can take the horse as well and I presume you can take your dogs as well if you want oh yeah well yeah yeah you're you animal friendly or both. that's fine yeah animal friendly yeah and is it something then so if that was something that I was looking to do would would I be able to say hey Jessica can you can you take me for a ride or can I maybe have a lesson or are you are you doing other things um, there there'd definitely be people hacking out with you yeah to show you the routes um as for lessons I, I, I don't sort of me or mum don't sort of have any uh, qualifications to teaching yeah. so I don't really know sort of about the insurance and stuff that would cover that. But they're definitely either me or mum or, or the liveries in the yard, they're always sort of hacking out. So if they popped over to the stables and asked when when people were going out hacking, there probably would be somebody, you know, that day that they could arrange it, definitely. How hard is it for you at the moment having a livery yard? To be fair, I mean, it, <laughs> it's not... <laughs> be honest. Yeah, it, it gets in stages, but at the minute... Um, to be fair, we have a good punch of people. You, you do, you know, it's like any in any industry or any sport. The people that are tested, don't they? But at the minute, they're a good bunch of people, and 
you know, they do the horses well, and the the horses that we have to look after full time are all nice to ride, and at the minute it, it's it's all it's all good. Yeah, good. I'm hearing good. that a lot actually this year. Um, I'm hearing that a lot of people have had had quite a bad year last year, and there mm. just seems to be a more positive vibe for January. I, I'm not just talking about like interviewing people and speaking to them on, yeah. on horse hour, but I'm talking about people in general. There seems to be a much better happier feeling people are spending more money um, yeah they're going out more they're spending more on their horses they're yeah it's almost like they're going okay 2015 was shocking <laughs> yeah. 2016 is going to be amazing and they're yeah. already planning their holidays and their competitions that they're going to go to and yeah. all this positive stuff so it's nice no it is nice and i think um sort of people are coming out of the recession and have more of a disposable income now don't they to mm-hmm. to be spending on the horses because horses are a luxury at the end of the day you know it from what you need to spend money on I mean obviously you need to feed them and have <laughs> a roof over their heads but you know taking them to competitions or buying them fancy rugs or you know it comes at the bottom of a long list especially if you've got a family and things you know there's more mm. things that you need to spend first but now I think people are just more healthy in the finances and more there's more money to be spent basically at the minute that's what that's definitely what we're sort of seeing anyway you're gonna make an amazing boss I can <laughs> see you running that place like <laughs> oh, I don't know you all have the skills are not great <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be great good luck Jessica it's been really nice talking okay. to you oh, um, thank you very much do please get on Twitter yourself I know now. I'll have to because all my friends <laughs> rave about it I just I spend that much time on Facebook and Instagram as it is. I don't have to waste any more time. Well, you've got a reason to get on now because I'd love you to let us know how you get on with your with your university course. So fingers okay. crossed for you. Yeah, thank Hopefully you. you'll be sending us tweets saying that you passed with flying colours. <laughs> and, um, and if anybody wants to follow you, then you're on Twitter. You're at Kilburn Parks Cottages. And what's your website address? www.kilburnparks.com with an s holidaycottages.com but if you type kilburn park holiday cottages into into google or, or a search engine it'll come up anyway amazing and and if you do give jessica a ring or jackie a ring then uh, mention horse hour and then i'm sure you guys will make sure that they're really looked after yes of course yeah <laughs> yeah we will thanks jessica see you thank you bye-bye bye you've been listening to horse hour Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern, by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.